0: Um, white bibles that you received or other bibles Uh, this psalm is not in lutheran service book that's a whole other conversation as to what gets in and what's out but it's not in there so psalm 35 was what we're going to look at today as it being a uh, we'll we'll talk about as a model prayer but we'll get there last week you remember start off with psalm 1 uh, when you're going to engage in the Psalms, it makes sense to start with Psalm 1. It's that gateway psalm that says, here's what the rest of the Psalter talks about and the wisdom literature that follows it, um, Ecclesiastes, Job, and Proverbs, right? Uh, anybody remember what Psalm 1 was really addressing you with? What was it really talking about? So blessed is the one who does what, doesn't stand, walk, sit with the wicked, but meditates on what? The word of the Lord, the Torah, day and night, right? God's grace and God's law. It's this meditation, right? This person is like a tree transplanted by canals of water. This person is being blessed by God, and will produce goodness that will be a blessing to everybody else. Right? The wicked not so. Right? This is a wisdom text, Psalm 1. Wisdom getting at the idea of what's the right way of life. Right? Psalm 1 lays it out. There's two paths you can go by. Not three, not four, not five, not 5,000. There's two. There's the blessed life or the one who is transplanted and drinks in God's word. And then there's the life of the wicked that perishes. These are the two paths. If you want to perish, close the book. If you want blessings, move on. So, today we move on, right? And the word of the Lord that's come to us is not just in Revelation, but of course, quite, quite uh, you know importantly, in the Incarnation. But we move on today, looking at Psalm 35. And it was... Um, you know, Pastor Reese noted this as an imprecatory psalm. Yeah, that's a big word, lots of syllables, right? What's what's an imprecatory psalm? A curse. One syllable, many syllables. Curse. An imprecation is a curse, okay? There are curses in here, but I would prefer to talk about this as a lament, because that's really what's going on with this psalm. It, It has a lot of lament that goes on there. So let's meditate a bit more on this. Now, Just so you realize, when you look at your Psalter, uh, Psalms one through 150, right? The majority, uh, in terms of types of psalms that are there, trust, hymn, wisdom, Psalms of Ascent, these these sorts of types of psalms, laments make up 45% of what you find there in the psalm, okay? Um, And you might have the idea that psalms are about praises and they're certainly there, but a good number of these psalms don't begin with praise. They end there. Okay? So this is a psalm of lament uh, as an example of that. Now, laments are pretty easy to remember in terms of structure. And I give you the structure because it's helpful for what I'm going to talk about for a model prayer. All right? So a lament has three steps. One, let's talk about it as pour, pouring. Okay? Laments, what you're going to see is that they pour out the petitioner's anguish. Right? There's something wrong with life. It's some suffering that's going on. It could be suffering that's uh, caused by the person, him or herself, by his or her own sins, that comes back on them. Right? I think of Psalm 51, David's psalm of expressing uh, the suffering he experiences because of the sins that he committed uh, in, I would say, raping Bathsheba, killing her husband, and all these sorts of things. Create in me a clean heart, O God. When we say that, we are putting ourselves in David's shoes of saying, we suffer because of our sins. Cleanse us from that. There's a lament. Uh, There's also suffering experienced through sickness and death and the call for God not to abandon us to Sheol or the grave. And then there's the suffering that's caused by others and their wickedness, right? And it's easy to find what other people do to us. So we want to start with what we do to ourselves, right? But there's the wickedness that others do to us. All of these we can pour out to God. And then, you know, if you simply stop with the pouring out, that's not the full lament, even though that's what a lament is, right? But there's then the petitioning part of it, where you are going to God to express your desire, your trust, right? To be delivered from whatever that anguish is. There's always the petition part in there. And then they end with praise, now, there's some discussion about whether or not this praise was done later, after deliverance. Some say, yeah, it makes sense. And others, other scholars would say, no, the praise was done immediately because such was the trust of the petitioner to say, I will praise you because I know this is going to happen. Okay? For we see it all together in the psalm. Right? So, pour, petition, and praise. These three parts. Now, if you look at the entire uh, Psalter, right? 1 through 50. You'll see that in the, in the first part of the Psalms, the Psalter there, the vast majority of the Psalms are laments, giving expression to anguish. And then you'll see the last few Psalms are all praise, right? So has, the overall Psalter has this general movement of pouring out right, into praise as well. Psalm 35 does it individually, but the whole Psalter does it collectively. All right, so let's read Psalm 35 together here. Uh, again, I've noted where it isn't, so hopefully you have your Bibles with you. We'll read Psalm 35, whole verse by whole verse. So I'll do odd. You all read even. Of David. So it's either uh, by David or for David. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me, fight against those who fight against me, take hold of shield and buckler, and rise for my help. No, I read the verse 2. I'm sorry. Well, I'll just go on, then you guys get in in four. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let them be like chaff before the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them away. For without cause they hid their net for me, without cause they dug a pit for my life. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord, exulting in his salvation. Malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me of things that I do not know. But I, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my chest. I went about as though I grieved for my friend or my brother. As one who laments his mother, I bowed down in mourning. Like profane mockers at a feast, they gnash at me with their teeth. I will thank you in the, con- in the I will thank you in the great congregation, in the mighty throng. I will praise you. for they do not speak peace but against those who are quiet in the land they devise words of deceit they open wide their mouths against me they say aha aha our eyes have seen it have seen lord, not lord harm awake and rouse yourself for my vindication for my cause my god and my lord Let them not say in their hearts, aha, our heart's desire. Let them not say, we have swallowed him up. Let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. Psalm 35, as you read through it, it's sometimes helpful to, to take psalms and look and see what their structures and patterns are, all right? So we see there's a threefold pattern here in this lament. In verses 1 to 8, you get this, this uh, petition for deliverance, and in verse 7 there, there's a bit of a pouring out as to what's going on, the why this petition is there. And then it moves on to praise in verses 9 and 10. And then the, the petitioner starts over again, right? pouring out this anguish before the Lord, before then moving on to a short petition. And then again, praise. And then three times is what you're trying to hit for perfection, right? Three times is great. Again, this petition... Ending with praise. And it's not that the psalmist is a such stutterer. It's not that the Lord is hard at hearing. It's that you can petition. And you can petition. And you can petition. And God will hear. Pray and pray and pray. Repeat it. And say it again. Because God does hear. Now, we see in this that the petitioner is unjustly unjustly suffering from other people's malice. And that's important to understanding when you would pray this, right? Unjustly suffering from the malicious plans and wishes of other people. And the petitioner then asks God to do specific things with a so that, right? Asking God to litigate, to contend, it's a legal term, and to, so like the divine lawyer, and then the divine warrior, And what does this petitioner want? That the attackers be stopped. And that what they plan to do on this unjust petitioner be done to them. Right? I'm rubber. You're glue. Your bad plans bounce off me and stick to you. Right? This is what he's asking God to do. This is the sense of justice. Right? Not that that it's so much more worse for them but whatever unjust things they plan may they suffer from it a common understanding of divine justice petitioning that the, you know that his own honor would be vindicated and so that he would have peace and wholeness again in the community right not be despised in front of others right but have what's just and proper or you know what he has actually said and done and so that ultimately you know he and his loyal friends those who rejoice in his righteousness can praise god Right, for this salvation, which in this case we need to think about in terms of justice. That God's righteousness and salvation here are in vindicating those who are innocent. Okay. And that's again important for us to keep in mind as to when we'd want to pray this. Now, this who's who is the petitioner here? It could be David. And we could think of this in terms of David and when he's being hunted down unjustly by Saul. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't try to assassinate Saul, but tries to preserve his life, right? His own life and and, and Saul's. Unjustly hunted down. Could be the context for this. It could also be easily Christ, right? Who suffered unjustly from the treason and slander and malice of others, praying this to God. But of course, we want to see ourselves here. When, when, we actually are in the right and unjustly suffer, right? Then we can petition, you know, God to deliver us from those pernicious plans of those people who would appear to be our friends but are actually trying to get us, right? And dishonor us. And so Psalm 35 gives us this model prayer. How do I pray when I suffer? Read the Psalms. Actually, read them and use them as your own prayer, but use them as a model as well. Here's what we're not supposed to do, right? This model shows us we're not supposed to do what? Take the vengeance in our own hands. Read Romans about that. And by that, I should also say, don't take vengeance into our own iPhones and Samsungs, right? And use social media as that place of vindication. Don't accuse God of being unjust for your scenario. Read Ezekiel 18 on this one. And don't bottle it up and act like it's not there. See how the Israelites gave expression to their suffering in Exodus 3, and God heard. So what should we do, of course, but pour ourselves out to God, petition for our deliverance, and then praise God for this salvation. Keying on these words at the beginning, right? I, the Lord, am your salvation. That's a declaration. You have that declaration and promise. So I'd ask at some time take out this blue prayer card you see in front of you and use it to write your own lament, right? The pouring, the petitioning, and the praising of God for your deliverance. Here ends the word for today.